Okay, last Sunday we finished reading Ephesians together, and we're going slow. We were reading one chapter at a time, and uh, I was thinking about that this morning. You know, and I, I want to, before we start reading, I just want to share a little bit of the history of this book, right? So Paul was a, a rabbi, and he, at first, he was persecuting the church. He was persecuting the Messianic Jews that believed that Jesus, Yeshua, was the Messiah. And then at one point, he had this meeting with God, you know, and God commissioned him to go preach the gospel, the message about the Messiah to the Gentiles. So he traveled and he went, you know, from place to place to synagogues. That's where he started. He, he would go to the synagogues trying to present to them from the scriptures, from the Torah, from the Tanakh, the Old Testament. You know, all the messages like we are studying on, on Tuesday nights, you know, how to find Yeshua in the Old Testament, because that's what, how the church started. They had to go back to the roots, to the, the scriptures, and at that time, it was only the Old Testament. They did not have the New Testament, right? So they were studying the scriptures to find Messiah, Jesus, all through the Old Testament. So he went and started all these churches, you know, groups that started forming. You know, and then, like we read in Ephesians, he said, you know, uh, in one of the letters, I think it was to Timothy, you know, like, I'm ready to be killed. You know, I'm going to be done. You know, and, but, and when I am not here anymore, false teachers will come and start presenting false doctrines. You know, so a lot of these letters in the New Testament were letters to the churches as a warning, be careful with the false teachings. You know, and I think that it's important for us to understand and to study it because I think that these letters are so important for us today as they were 2,000 years ago. You know, so the churches quickly Right after, you know, a few years later, you know, we, we read in uh, Acts 15 that Paul went to Jerusalem to meet with James, with Peter and John, and they had this, uh, the Council of Jerusalem, it's called. You know, and they were like, what are we going to do with the Gentile believers? You know, do we ask them to be circumcised or not? Do they have to become Jews or not? You know, so that's the whole, most of I think that the New Testament is divided in uh, false teachings. One of them would be the Judaizers forcing Gentiles to become Jews. And then the other ones were the Hellenizers that were the Greek believers just wanting to be, everybody to be, do whatever they want. You know, and then uh, there's another uh, heresy that came later. Anyways, Gnosticism. 
you know. But that one is a little complicated to get in this morning, and we don't need to get there. But anyway, so let's read this book with that in mind. You know, Paul started these churches where today would be south of Turkey, southern Turkey. And it's interesting that it's the same area that the seven churches of the seven letters in Revelation are located also. So if in one sense, you can take those seven letters from Revelation and all the epistles, and they are messages to the church today. You know, and they have like take home messages of things that went wrong, that got distorted. And, and all these letters are like return, repent, come back to what you first received from me, Paul is saying. You know, and if, even if I come and preach anything different, don't listen to me. Because what you really need to retain is the first message of the gospel. It's the root of your salvation. Does it make sense? Okay. So let's get this going. Maybe we can even do two chapters. And like we, we were talking in the beginning, we are very informal. And we are not pretending to be a big church. We are not. We are a, a home church. <laughs> you know, and I think that to me, the, the fun of this is we can become whatever the Lord wants us to become, moving forward and be led. You know, but I, I think that I want to be a part of something that's going to be rooted in the scriptures. You know, and not in what came after everything started. You know, so that's why to me, I, I live to study how to return to the root of wh where and how the church started. So, letter of Paul to the Galatians. So this letter is probably like written way later in his ministry. Maybe he was in prison already. He did not visit this region again, but he heard about what was going on there and the issues and problems that were happening in that church. So he starts, Paul, an apostle, not sent from man, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Gal Galatia, so, like I said, this is where Turkey is today. Several churches that in one of his missionary trips, he started. So he's like addressing all these churches and what was going on there. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. To whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. Now the letter starts. Very interesting. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Which is really not another. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. 
Okay, so after Paul left, other teachers came and started perverting and distorting the message that Paul taught them. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to, preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. That's pretty strong, right? Yeah. You know, hey, this is the truth and you stay in it. <laughs> Do not deviate to the right or to the left. And even if an angel, you know, and that's what, you know, this heresy of Gnosticism means. It's like, oh, you, I had this revelation and this angel spoke to me and I had this dream and vision. But it's not rooted in the scriptures. It's not true. Does it make sense? As we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you have received, he is to be accursed. For I am now seeking the favor. Am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former manner of life in Judaism, that I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure, and I tried to destroy it. Paul was a 100% uh, man. He was driven. You know, as a rabbi, as a Jew, you know, he was like 100% dedicated, you know, and he was like knew everything. He knew the, the, his Hebrew, you know, the Old Testament. He knew everything. He was a rabbi of rabbis. He was a Pharisee. You know, so he was like extremely religious and dedicated. That's why he was persecuting the church. But then when he saw that the church was actually because of the coming of the Messiah, and, and it was a revelation that was direct to him. He, didn't, he was not convinced by anybody, right? Okay. For you have heard, verse 13, of my former manner of life in Judaism, that I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure, and I tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries, among my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. But when God who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia 
and returned once more to Damascus. Then three years later, I went up to Jerusalem to become acquainted with Cephas, or Peter, and stayed with him 15 days. But I did not see any other of the apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now, in what I'm writing to you, I assure you before God that I'm not lying. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But only they kept hearing, he who persecuted us is now preaching the faith which he once tried to destroy. And they were glorifying God because of me. So I think we can read one more chapter just to make more sense of the whole thing. This is like, he's like, I, I did not try to convince you. I, I just presented to you my revelation to you. And now we're going to see what was happening in this area. And then he's saying, I did not go to talk to the disciples, to the apostles. I, I kept following my, my revelation. And then only we're going to see here. Then after an interval of 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking titles along also. It was because of a revelation that, that I went up and I submitted to them the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. But I did so in private to those who were of reputation for fear that I might be running or had run in vain. Okay? But not even Titus, who was with me, though he was a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. So the whole, the whole issue here that we're going to see is this issue of circumcision. You forcing somebody to do something, right? But it was because of the false brethren secretly brought in who had sneaked in to spy out our, our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, in order to bring us into bondage. But we did not yield in subjection to them for even an hour, so that the truth of the gospel would remain with you. But from those who were of high reputation, what they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Well, those who were of reputation contributed nothing to me. Even the disciples, they had nothing to add to me. You know, because I, I, what I had from my revelation of Christ was enough, right? But on the contrary, seeing that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised, for he who effectually worked for Peter in his apostleship to the circumcised, effectually worked for me also to the Gentiles. And recognizing the grace that had been given to me, James and Cephas and John, who were reputed to be pillars, 
gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, so that we might go to the Gentiles as they to the circumcised. They only asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I also was eager to do. So this is talking about Acts chapter 15, when they had this whole council, you know, and they were talking about what are we going to do with the, the Gentiles. And James came with the answer saying, we are not going to ask them to be circumcised, right? Okay. Verse 11. But when Cephas, or Paul, Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. There were some issues also among the apostles, right? For prior to the coming of certain men from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he became... He, he began to withdraw and hold himself aloof, fearing the, fearing the party of the circumcision. Kind of to explain. Peter went to visit Paul in Galatia. You know, and then Paul was with the Gentiles there, and Peter felt the freedom that Paul had with the Gentiles. And he started eating with the Gentiles. But when other Jews came, he kind of stepped back, said, I don't want anybody to see that as a Jew, I'm eating with the Gentiles. So he, and then Paul confronted him. The rest of the Jews joined him in hypocrisy, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, in the presence of all, if you being a Jew, live like Gentiles and not like the Jews, how is it that you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? You know, like if you do what I do, not, you know, do what you say you do and not, you know, don't lie, right? We are Jews by nature and not sinners from among the Gentiles. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Since by the work, works of the law, no flesh will be justified. This goes along with Ephesians 2 that we read a few weeks ago. You know, that it's all by grace that no one may boast. You know, and... <laughs> Hi, Gabriel. <laughs> okay. Verse 17. But if we while seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have also been found sinners. Is Christ then a minister of sin? May it never be. For if I rebuild what I have once destroyed, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law I died to the law, 
so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. So this is important, I think, because let me go really quick to Ephesians. So in Ephesians it says, For by grace, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. And, of course, beautiful verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he, God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And then it goes on, uh, like you're saying, uh, uh, verses. He says, to create a new man, be, combining Jews and Gentiles to create something new, a new family of God. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what, like Bill was saying, you know, they were so, because of the destruction of the temple, and the judgment and correction of God because of idolatry. They became so strong rooted in, in the law that they thought that that was what, what was going to bring them to God. You know, and then God said, no, there's only one sacrifice that will suffice. And that's going to be me sending my son and that's going to be enough. You know, and, and but then People take over, you know, and a lot of times religion is all about control and it's like in being in charge. And now you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to do that and you have to be better and you have to, you know, be a, a better Pharisee, a better this and better. And then when people were starting to do that, even with Christ, Paul went crazy and said, don't do it. Don't fall for this one. Because Christ did everything for you, and it's done, and it's complete. You know, and there's nothing that we do to earn it, to deserve it. But we do in response to his grace, which is undeserved and unmerited. But we, we respond not to be deserving or to earn it, but we respond because we receive his love and his salvation. So we will continue Galatians next week, Sunday. And now we, what we do is, Lord, thank you. You know, and let us never fall for this trap again of being justified by our works and by our, our performance, by how religious we try to be. And, but we, we, that we always remember that we are only saved by your grace that we're only saved by the, the supernatural intervention of God and the Word becoming flesh. Like we were seeing great Jehovah, great Jehovah became flesh and gave 
access for us to the Father through his own body. And to me, Lord, I'm thankful for the way that the Lord is being leading us. Because it's like removing, <laughs> removing all these conditions of religion and church, but like just opening a door for a relationship. You know, and, and that we're, we can come and love one another and love the Lord. You know, and, and whenever we come, I probably will need more. We come together to rem be reminded of this. Yes, can we have a song? Oh, yeah, it's good. I'll get more communion. <laughs> oh, okay. You guys want to stand up? We thank the Lord for the ability that we have to come and be ourselves in his presence. You know, and, and, and come like we read about everyone in the Bible, and David especially, he was honest with God. And he has good days and bad days. And, but he would, he would always be a worshiper and be thankful to the Lord. And I am thankful for this provision. I'm thankful for the way that God is moving on the earth right now and opening the door for us to relate to him. Amen? Amen. We bless this. Feel free to come and comments, any questions about Galatians? We ask the Lord and the Holy Spirit to help us because it's very evident that we only know in part and it takes a fresh revelation from the Lord, fresh light to make this more clear and to make us more whole. And so
so even though there was the great moving of the Holy Spirit in Acts and, and everything, but then as the church moved forward, they were blind about things, they got things off, didn't get, they were wrong. And so they had to work together and they, they had to stay open. So Paul had uh, freshness of life. He had a new revelation of the Lord that, that helped him. So anyway, so Lord, we ask you to keep and Holy Spirit making our hearts something that's always open to your light because you're always going to be uh, shedding more light on your presence, on walking with you, on your church. And we thank you for it. Holy is your name. There's a book that I sometimes I go and I haven't read the whole thing, but it's God's Search for Man. You know, and there's a we 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 feel like we are seeking God and we're looking for you know, but it is God seeking for a relationship. You know, and in all of our efforts they tend to become religious works, you know, and, and the performance. But all we need to do is surrender and, and receive what God has done for us already. You know, and that's what we do, like Tom is saying, you know, that Lord, continue to lead us and guide us. That we, we receive your love because it's all by love. And this love is a, is a free gift and it's not earned. You know, but it is received. It is to be received. 